and swam to the water's edge. Mud-covered stones surrounded a pool scarcely wider than the boy's height. He hauled himself up onto a stone and lay back under the fronds of a butterleaf plant, panting and complimenting himself on the speed of his descent, a personal best for reaching the shadowed dwell. He used his trunk to snap up several mouthfuls of dusty golden leaves, grimacing at their bitter aftertaste. He squinted as much with concentration as to focus his weak eyesight and exhaled pollen rings through his trunk. In the circular glyphs of Barsk, he spelled the consonants of his friend's name in the humid air. J-R-L. Jarl had been Arlo's friend, and somehow that friendship had transferred to him. Doubling the number of people in his world after Arlo's death left him only Tolta. He liked that, much as he liked the irony that all the thousands of Font, the Lox, and Elif that shared this island with him while denying his existence because of his differences were themselves denied by millions and millions of other people on more worlds than he could imagine. And none of the Font who pretended he didn't exist had ever been to any of those other places or met any of those other people who wouldn't have wanted to meet them anyway. Except for Jorl. He had done both, been there and met them and come home to be his friend. Maybe that was why Jorl kept showing up in his conversations with the world. It didn't matter that only two other font acknowledged his existence. The rest of the planet conversed with him on a regular basis. Not words so much, because only people had language. Even though he was only six, Pislow knew the difference between real and pretend. The trees of the civilized wood had brought him here today, and many times in the past rocks and streams in the Shadow Dwell had shared secrets with him. On two occasions the entire island of Keslo had alerted him to time and place, so that he could position himself just so, sprawled out on one of its thin strips of beach or secreted upon an observation platform poised above the canopy. On both junctures, he had occupied just the right spot when the ubiquitous clouds had parted to reveal one of Barsk's moons. He'd looked up at them and felt them gazing back down in turn. The moons were the wisest things he'd ever met. Their light shone onto his face and passed knowledge to him, ideas and thoughts and stories of what had been and what was yet to come. Pislow smiled as he remembered the experience. Jorl would have called those conversations visions. Conversing with the world was yet another way he differed from other font. They had gray skin. His was colorless white. They winced and pouted when they stepped on a sharp stone or cut themselves on a broken branch, but no injury, large or small, bothered Pislow. Tolta had tried and tried to get him to wear long-sleeved shirts and thick pants, but he preferred less encumbrance, and since he couldn't feel the hurt of the innumerable cuts and scratches covering him from ear to toe, he ran wild, wearing nothing more than a pair of shorts and a day pouch on a strap around his chest. The day pouch held food, but he'd been thinking about making one large enough to carry books. Jorl had taught him to read and loaned him books, one at a time at first, but as many as three at a go now. 
Most had stories about Font who had lived in the past, and he liked best the stories that Jorl himself had written. Pislow's penmanship was just about good enough for him to write down some of his own stories, the ones that swam in his head, coming to him from a place beyond dreams. But paper and ink were hard for him to keep hold of as he rambled from place to place. He spat out the last of the leaves and stood. He'd come here with a purpose beyond plunging down at speed, clambering over tree roots, slogging through the thick mud, and fording a pair of fast-moving streams. He came at last to his destination at the base of one of the massive meta-trees that made the civilized wood possible. A name had been carved into the bowl. The incised letters stained and filled in with something like sap. Arlo's name. A small pile of river stones marked the spot where the remains had been planted.